On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Dipping through my past time, past time. Dipping through my past time, past time. I'm dipping through my past time, past time. Dipping through my past time, past time. Vibing, but my phone on vibrate. Just another busy hour. Give a fuck, but I can't. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The House List. I'm your host, Peter Agostin, and thank you for tuning in. Looking at some of the stats uh, as of late and seeing some folks on the check-in peeping it out, um, which I love. I love to see. Now, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm checking out the SoundCloud. If, if this is your first time listening because of our very special guest today, um, you can hear the Houseless podcast on iTunes. It's also on the Stitcher app. I know a lot of people only check out podcasts on Stitcher. But you can catch it uh, online, too. Like, if you listen on a desktop or a laptop computer at soundcloud.com backslash the house list podcast. Just want to take a beat there for my folks that only listen on their computers. I want to give you a shout out because I can kind of see where some of y'all are listening from. And it's a wide range uh, geographically across the world. Um, Had some people on the check-in from Rio de Janeiro. Uh, from Pinamar, Argentina, uh, Portu- Portugal, Cove, Canada, 
Um, where else? Orenburg and the Russian Federation, um, Bolton, UK, all the way down to NY, Forest Hills, New York, Deer Park, New York, uh, the Bronx, New York, Red Hook, uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. So many, many spots, and I appreciate it. Everybody tuning in from Pasadena to Calgary, Omaha, even uh, Christiansburg, Virginia. So I just want to give you guys a shout out. If you are tuning in on the uh, SoundCloud app or on the the website, because I see some of y'all repost it uh, that way, and I really appreciate that. In fact, I urge you to, if you dig what I'm doing, if you like the guests that I have, and you are capable of uh, reposting it or sharing it with someone, by all means, please do. I encourage that. This is a DIY type of thing that I'm doing. And I'm um, just trying to reconnect with people that I know and work with and let that evolve from there and share some great conversations about uh, musicians and artists and people that work in music and in the arts and in the industry. And hopefully we all take something away from some of these conversations. And I know that I was looking forward to this particular one because I hadn't seen this guy in what feels like a decade it's been um, close to that lofty 305 yes i got lofty 305 from the um infamous metro zoo miami florida and um we caught up uh we actually have a show here in new york city in brooklyn new york at sunnyvale with james pants myself as dj thanksgiving brown and Lofty 305 this Saturday, uh, September 8th. And uh, he came up for it, flew up from Miami. He's here uh, trying to do some work. He's been, he hasn't been to New York in a while. And, and yeah, we, uh, we talked about it. We talked about his life story in the history of Metro Zoo. Metro Zoo being like uh, a very kind of interesting and unique group from Miami interesting in so many ways in that they like have an extremely prolific catalog especially lofty now lofty 305 he he rhymed in the group um it's essentially a hip-hop group but i don't, I don't even know if i would like uh, even necessarily categorize it as such uh, because there was a great visual element at play he's a painter a visual artist um and but also uh, you know, a producer, a beat maker, a uh, composition writer, and an MC with his brother, Ruben Slick, uh, the notorious Ruben Slick, as well as um, Freebase and a whole host of other people. It was kind of like a camp of guys that came out of this crew, but it, it really sort of started as a, uh, you know, a small thing and guys childhood friends that grew up together that you know started doing a music thing and i was their booking agent for a period of time uh mr b lower letter um even mike dc who some may know and and i even like loosely affiliated with denzel curry and raider clan so yeah so lofty and i have always worked pretty much directly even when i was uh, metro zoo's booking agent and um he during that time which is basically like 2011 12 13 and uh then 
he he gave me so much material music and stuff both of his solo material and the group and i've always just been a huge fan um we we kind of stopped working for a while and you know i went through some stuff in 2014 and i even took a break from work for a little while and and um very recently we reconnected and i was just like listen dude if we ever have a chance i'd love to just talk to you on this podcast and and just you know talk about our work and and, and about the group cuz i'm just a fan but these guys never really got a ton of press and there was never like a publicist that worked their records they, they most of the albums that they put out and between lofty and and metro zoo and the other affiliates i mean i'm talking about like 100 albums in a year and 2012 uh, between everybody it's 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 about a hundred albums and then again in 2013 and it keeps going but particularly with lofty is a hyper uh productive producer and um just has a million ideas and he uh, i think he's brilliant and uh he's just a cool dude and we've always like got along and i would consider him a friend really i mean like uh so we made it happen um, he, he came through and he came through with some, some dudes and, uh, and then we had this conversation and it was really cool. So if you're a fan of Metro Zoo and, and Lofty 305 and that whole crew, if you're from Miami and listening, then this is for you. I hope you guys enjoy it. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So this is definitely a must listen for any Metro Zoo fan. And uh, I want to send a shout out to Ruben Slick. Uh, Mr. B, Freebase, and the whole crew, uh, great guys, fun, wild dudes. Because uh, I, I, when I when I started working with them, they were all of like nineteen, twenty, or something like that. So young, wild guys, and sometimes elapsed. And you'll see in the in the course of this conversation what I'm talking about. Um, you know, we're catching an artist in the midst of an evolution. Uh, you know, personal and professional, artistic. So yeah, anyway, this is my conversation here on the house list. Remember, subscribe on iTunes if you like it. Rate it if you do, if you don't mind, please. I urge you. That would be incredible. Uh, feel free to share it, retweet it, post it wherever. If you have a blog or website or just a group of friends or a news list. Yeah, just get it out. Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at houselesspod. And with no further ado... Check out my conversation, Lofty 305, here on the house list. Between 2012 and 13, you had done like 50 albums or something like that, yeah, you know? some crazy amount like that, or 100 or something. Like between, yeah, so, like, um, all the trips that year, because I was just like right. on the road, that was like traveling. Right, so yeah, I mean, let's, maybe we can frame it to at least kind of get some context there, but, but I'd like to go... Uh, after that, kind of go even further back, just about like, uh, you know, growing up in Miami too and stuff like that. For sure. But but I think a lot of people became, um, you know, familiar with your work from that period of time too, because that was really when Metro that Zoo really time. came out, right? Yeah, like mostly, like our support outside of a outside of the Bay Area in Miami, because like the Bay Area in Miami, ever since we started. That's been like our core, like fan base. Like, Did you have people in the Bay that knew that knew that was yeah, pushing? Yeah, my the music? friend went to uh, some art school. Was it Berkeley? 
or not yeah. Berkeley. It was like UC another Berkeley? art school. Yeah, I think yeah, UC Berkeley. My homie Germ the Worm went out there. Okay. And got down with this clique called the uh, On Task Family. Hmm, and they okay. were working closely with main attractions. So that's yes, of course. Yeah, so that relationship developed and then yeah, like we started to get popping in like the bay mainly. That's where it started, you know. Were you so, but like this was just because you had a, a satellite dude out there. Because you guys, did yeah. you ever, you never went out there, did you? Were you out there? Nah, we never went out there. But the thing is, we were so, like, we loved Andre Nicotina and Mac Dre and, like, all that shit. Of course. So it was, like, in the music, kind of. Right. Like, people kind of had that feel. And we'd always rap and say, yeah, we living by the bay. Because we lived by the bay in Miami, you know? Right. That's what we called our little area, the bay. So people thought that we were from there, you mm-hmm. know? Some people, because we didn't have a lot of uh, images in the beginning. We just had, like, free basic drawings and shit. Yeah, no, nah, it wasn't really photo-based at all. I mean, as far as, like, actual photographs yeah, of the members of the yeah, group. we didn't really have an image. It was just, like, the music right. and then the art, right. you know? So. But was that, were you doing that as well, too? Because eventually you would start taking over as far as the actual, like, visual design element of it, too. Right? Yeah, it started out pretty traditional, like... um I was a producer, and uh, Mr. B, who's now Postronaut, and right. Ruben Slick were, like, mainly the ones rapping. You know? Right, right. And then uh, Freebase was the visual artist. Right. I wanted to, I mean, now that you're mentioning these guys' names, too, because I think because of the fact that Metro Zoo was uh, sort of had this um, ambiguous uh, artwork that you couldn't really associate with one person or the other... Uh, it was like a group of like five or six guys initially, right? Like, well, it was. It it's been through mad changes, but it started off with us four. So, what's the origin? Who's the original four of that? The original four is me, Freebase, Ruben Slick, and Postronaut. Okay, so right. it's just Ruben Slick four. is your brother, right? Yeah, Ruben Slick's my older brother. He's older than me by one year. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So what? So then, I mean, obviously, you know. Yeah, we were friends before the Metro Zoo thing. Right. Before we started making music, we were already friends, just hanging out. Right. And like, it would just come out, you know. Y'all be smoking a blunt, and Slick would drop a freestyle. Would be like, "Yo, you could actually be famous," you know. (laughs) Or like, was that? Was he the first one to really like uh, identify with trying to make music or something? Or was it? Yeah, because he was always like hella popular, and. Postronaut and Slick, they used to beat on the tables in school, uh-huh. and they'd make whole, like, R&B rap songs, like, about, like, fucking girls and shit, right. and they got, like, pretty popular for that shit. People were like, yo, man, you guys could do some this shit. This is high school? Yeah, this is high school. So I was in ninth grade, and they were in 10th grade. What high school did you guys go to? I went to Doctor's Charter School for 10th grade. It's in Miami Shore. It's a pretty new school. Uh-huh. It was a brand new school when I went there. But I went there for one year, then I went to Curly in 10th grade. It's like a private uh, Catholic school. And then in 11th grade, I went to military school for like four or five months. Wow, in Miami? Yeah, but that was my last year of, of school. Because mm. at that point, I was like, I'm doing music, you know? Right. So when I met you, you got you must have been just kind of just out of high school or uh, a couple well, years I was, out? I had not been in school for like, if I was... I was 20 or something when I came up to right, New York. So. I haven't been, I hadn't been in school for like four years. Oh wow, okay, three, four years. So going back though a little bit, like as far as identifying the origin story, really a Metro Zoo too, because because it, it's also for me, you know, we've worked in like a more one-on-one work relationship. It's not like I've ever uh, 
interviewed you guys before. It's yeah, never really been in that context. So it's a little out of context from originally how we've, how we've gotten down. And in the history of us working together, we only really did like one or two shows too because of the fact that everyone, when we first got together, everyone quickly went to different countries, yeah. became completely unavailable. Um, it was a tornado. Yeah, which was really, I mean, I was exciting to, to see it all because it was a lot of amazing material was happening, being created at that time, but it didn't make for booking any shows like in that moment, like yeah. very easy. <laughs> it was really hard actually to just even conceive doing shows during that time because it's like you think of all the fame and you see what it's doing already on the small scale. Right. What's doing to you and your homies and everything and just like health wise, everything. Like right. mentally, we wouldn't have been able to handle it back then. But so when you first kind of I'm glad, uh, that, I'm glad it came out how it happened, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean even the few shows that I know we did were pretty crazy even yeah. at that. It's crazy. Know? We had totally you know, unhinged. Yeah, we had people just showing up like it was it was random because you know, the energies are so like uh polarized within the group. Like, our music is so weird right. that you never know what crowd is going to show up, like, you know? Right. So, it was just, like... It was, well, it was very unpredictable, that's yeah. for sure. It was I mean, everything about it was. Just, so, but going back to... You never to, know when, like... Like, back then, right. you never know if, like, we plan a show. You don't even know if we're going to get there. Because it's just, like, <laughs> you feel me? Like, yeah. No, I know. Somebody we, might, I, like, get locked up or some shit or fucking might just want to go to Europe and just be like oh peace one way ticket can't get back right like, well that's what you did too you went to Europe pretty yeah, soon I went to this. Europe I, I went to and my brother went to Brazil for a while yeah he was out in Cali um, Freebase went to Europe with me and I was in Japan with my brother too oh nice Pastronaut's been all over now cause he's uh, Curry's DJ so. right right so going back to the just to to sort of talk about how metro zoo itself sort of solidified like mm -hmm. what what was there like a moment when you guys realized that oh i'm not like that you for your for you as the producer when you did between you and mr b at the time i mean you guys did like uh the bulk of the production right like yeah well not all of it mr b pretty much taught me how to produce so like the way the music shit started is that like Slick was always, like, the dope lyricist, you know? Mr. B started out as a DJ, and he used to, you know, be... He, he was, like, in the industry from an early age. Okay. It's, like, around that shit, you know? and like, In Miami? Yeah, in Miami. Okay. So they were, they were always really dope at that shit. But the thing is, I'm a nerd, so once they gave me a taste of it, that's all I did. Like, I didn't go to any parties. Like, they were cool. They were actually cool. Like, they had, like mad girls and shit and friends and you know right. lives i did not i was okay. against that shit i was like yo i'm gonna just do this shit i'm gonna fucking learn this fucking program so basically i became like you know the rizza of the shit you feel me right yeah that makes sense and then like there was mad people in the group that that we added you know we okay. kicked all of them out you know because they weren't really they were trying to just do it for like a couple months and be like, oh, I gotta right. go to school. Well, if you look back yeah. at some of those songs too, there's there's some people that it doesn't sound like they really rhyme professionally, or they're yeah. like, you know, there's some, and that's kind of adds to the, you know, the whole vibe too, because you have people that they probably that's like their one and only song they ever rapped on too, or like a couple of because we joints like that. We grew up on um, Mac Dre, you know, right? 
that this nation thing. So yes, he was always like putting his homies on the track because it wasn't about like oh we're gonna get so popular from this track. It's just like we're com- we're completing this moment. Yeah. So if homies in the corner and he spits a little something to the track and we think it goes and it's cool and it like describes the vibe of the moment, then we tell him to hop on. We insist that he gets on just so everybody in the room from that day is on the track, you know, and it's just like, it's funny now looking back, some of the verses are like, damn. Who was the dude that rhymed on Sell My Hell? Oh, Petey Weedy. Yeah. That's my homie Peter. Yes. He had a, I mean, that's a, might be a good example of that too, you know, or did he rhyme more later or what? I mean, yeah, he has a couple of tracks on like Slicks mixtapes and stuff, but you know, he does it for fun and he just loves, he loves like music and shit. He's from Miami. He's like one of our homies and shit. Who's the guy that, what's the dude that did a couple songs with you and Ruben as well, where you guys have a, the video where Ruben's like, face is projected on the tree? Oh, Elray, Elray. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he raps though. He like, I love his he style. Doesn't, he doesn't put stuff out that much though. Like, I'm trying to like, just tell him, you need to just drop shit. Like, he just works on shit for too long, you know? Oh, really? Nigga need to, I mean, but I, I work on shit too fast. Well, that's why, yeah, I mean, you have a hundred <laughs> albums in a year and then, you know, some people, it, it, the, Everyone has their process. It's different, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Elray's out here. Him and Slick have some new tracks coming out. So. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing, too, is that because Miami, lately, at least in the press-wise, and I think because a lot of it really does have to do with Denzel Curry becoming a little more like popular in, a, in not, main, not necessarily a mainstream way, but that he's been embraced kind of in a national way. And then you got that new, the new, that new dude. Uh, X? Yes. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's just, like, the, kind of the tip of the iceberg, really, if you kind of know or do the research, really, on that scene of, like, you know, younger and newer artists from Miami. I mean... Yeah, it's really exciting, honestly, but, you know, it's, like, also, it's alarming, because at the same time, you don't want people just to think that, just like you said, it's the tip of the iceberg, you know? Miami's not just rap. Like, there's no, a lot of underground music that's great. You know, I know a lot of artists down there that don't make the typical shit that gets popular from down here. You know, the more hardcore shit. I know some people make some laid back tunes for the ladies, like instrumentalists, great instrumentalists, you know, like that paint beautiful soundscapes. And that's really what Miami is to me. It's more of that than the rap shit. I feel like the rap shit is just popping because it's like, it's, uh, it's, because it's so much, it's so word heavy that you can infuse a lot of, like you can put banners all over, you can put advertisements right. all over it, and you can like make so much fucking money on it, you know? You yeah. can't just take a band and like throw them in a bunch of fucking t-shirts from your company and make a music video. It's going to look corny, but if you do that shit with a rapper, it's going to be like, oh no, he's just making money. So it's just a very yeah, monetizable very um, right. genre. But for what it's worth, too, I mean, Denzel Curry does his 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 craft the way he approaches. It, I think he does it very well. Nah, he's not going that route. He's not going the same route as all the rappers are going right now. He's not going to yeah. end up. He's not going to end up like that. Like I see in five years, he's not even making shit that could be considered rap. You know? Yeah, I dig that too. Because when I listen to his stuff, I actually because I, I I learned about him through you. Because I remember you because when we were even talking about shows back then in 2012. That you had mentioned this dude, I'm like, what is what's up with this dude? Because his name is obviously like when you first hear it for the very first time, it's an unusual name. <laughs> it's like an actor name. Or yeah, well, but you know, for me, I immediately go to Denzel Washington, of course, because yeah. just there's not a lot of people named Denzel too. So 
Um, but that he kind of, for me, I know he, it's not like he came out of Metro Zoo, but he does come out of that world, right? Like, I mean, we had like a little uh, Professor X kind of thing, right. but it wasn't like anybody was under anybody. There was no Professor X. Like the the guide was just the music. Professor X was the music. Yes, so, like, the dope. lab was just at our crib, and we had people come through there and like. Just the vibe was trippy because you could just ride all over the walls. It was like freedom of expression in our house. And I think it has nothing to do with like, uh, it had nothing to do with us. It had to do with our mindset at the time. Right. Anybody could make a zoo mansion at any time. Right, right, right. You feel me? So the studio was that recording studio. People that was like a a base for people to go and record. Yeah. So multiple artists or friends go and record and do other shit too. Just go and fucking be you. Right. You feel me and uh openly say your dreams and your expectations from life and have people be like, hmm, you could do that, you know? Right. Because there's, there's like a limitless kind of, like a lot of people have launched into different lands and fucking walks of life from that spot. You know, there's a lot of people yeah. who've been in Zoo Mansion who are like, yo, this is the first place I recorded. You feel me? Like right, right. people that I look up to saying it's the first place that, that they ever like recorded and shit. So. Was this your like bedroom or what was yeah, it, like, it was my bedroom? Room? It was my bedroom in my parents' house. Wow. Because you, you watch those old videos, the very earliest ones on YouTube too, because it's crazy the amount of artwork yeah. and the graffiti and just like the mad like. Yeah, my yes. parents were like, what the hell? But you know what? They just understood it because it's because I like was communicative with them like I didn't right. I didn't say oh fuck you you guys don't understand and just run away or some shit right actually they well they called me down one day and they were like yo what are you guys trying to do like they're talking to me and my brother asking us what are you trying to do with your life like what exactly are you trying to do because you can't just sit here and not be going to school and sure. just expect you know so I told them I'm going to be a famous musician probably the most famous and richest one of all <laughs> and they took that shit and they were like all right well you know they started suggesting a bunch of stuff but i was like uh-uh, i got this and i pulled out my computer and we had the facebook up for a year uh-huh. and i for went to what, the stats Met- for metro zoo or yeah for metro zoo i went to the stats and i showed them like from a year ago into now and then we had like 2000 uh likes or some right. some shit like that but it went from zero to 2,000 in a year. Sure. It was, yeah. like, still trending. It was getting bigger. So my parents were like, yo, we see this, and you know what? We're going to be supportive for now on. Because it actually gave them peace to be supportive. Because they were like, right, right. you know, we're not battling all the time. We're just trying to keep them focused on the music. Sure. And it enabled you to be, like, you know, super prolific, too, in the meantime. Because yeah. if you go, if people go and look, you have to, I mean, it's all out there. I mean, there's, like thousands of songs yeah. you know it's crazy dog like I, I had to like delete it off my band camp cause I was getting kind of just stagnant in my mind right I'm like making so much shit and it just sitting there it's not just sitting there like I know people have it too people listen to it but you know do you I just need to wipe it clean and just start fresh oh yeah for sure I mean like you know, especially if you're if you're that if you're creating that much I mean it's gonna be difficult to like sit with anything I mean it's certain artists work in that realm you know yeah some people and, and, and I think that's kind of what like maybe personifies this growing generation gap too I think with certain artists um, that were used to being contained in a, in a kind of old school record industry mentality of being like we put out an album 
you promote it for a year or two or three and then you put out another one yeah. and then you do it all over again and then like you know okay 30 years go by and you have like five to six projects and it just you know for all types of reasons it doesn't that doesn't that's not necessary anymore i mean sure some people can still do it and some art people don't can't create and just be done with it too it's like the crazy part is like if i just leave it on my computer and act like yeah i'm gonna put this on my album in three years bro i'd be going through so much shit and moving around so much and doing so much other shit on my computer other than music that like I'll lose those songs if I don't put them out. And I've lost mad shit before. So right. now, like, ever since I, my hard drive died the first time, and thank God for Robbie Dreadeyes, shout out to Shuttle Life, and Strength, you know, they saved my computer, like, from ultimate destruction. Uh-huh. <laughs> but while, and they pulled a bunch of songs off of it? Joints off of it? Or what? Yeah, they, they got everything back. Like, uh, Buddha Therapy would have never came out. Wow. CSPG would have never came out. Um, it was... Right before I dropped Buddha Therapy, we had got all the files back. And I was just like, I was broken from that shit. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to start dropping everything that we have. I don't yeah. care if it's not ready yet because I'm just going to make better shit later. Right. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of that album, I did want to, I think, for, just because I love these songs and I'd love to know some little you know, backstory on some of them because of the fact that like the way you guys put them out, was so, it was so rapid fire. There was never a publicist associated with anything. Yeah. There was never a story that was sold to the media or the people. It was just like, boom, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. And then, like, you know, so I have my little compilations I made over the years because you were, you always tossed them my way, too. You know, zip yeah. file after zip file, you know. But there's joints that are, like, this is of my, my greatest hits uh, of your shit. Hell yeah. And just so... And, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but, I mean, I know some of these are songs that other people love, too, and, and I just love to know, like, uh, you know, your take on some of these, because some of them are classics from the Metro Zoo catalog, and some are classics from Lofty 305, because they, uh, you were releasing stuff simultaneously, right? Yeah. Like, the group and you. Yeah. And rele by releasing, it's like, you're just... Putting just it up for download. Yeah. yeah, just Make throwing it public. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, you can... Call it what you want, but I mean, it's still an album, in my opinion. A lot of them have total concepts and vibes that are exclusive just to those projects, too. Yeah. It's um, like something to, it's like a time capsule for me. Oh, no question. What's funny, too, uh, is like because so much of it came out 2012 and 13 and around that, and I mean, really each year preceding that, too. But, you know, some people would say, you know, associated time capsule with like one thing. Oh, that one album. Like, oh, Illmatic is like a time capsule, like this thing from Nas and and uh, or or uh, Biggie's first album or Wu-Tang. It's like, OK, yeah, here's this time capsule of 20 albums that came out this one year. And it's sort of I saw something, too, with Denzel Curry it was like I'm, he made some mention recently on Twitter, too, about like. Oh, I'm getting back on my 2012 shit or something like that. Yeah. And it made me, because of it being him, it made me, reminded me all the stuff you were doing at that time. So anyway, not to get long-winded with it, but uh, obviously Dippin' for me is is probably one of my favorite ones. Now, that was, you didn't produce that one, though. Nah, that you? was Pashanat made that beat. He was listening to Mad uh, Tech Life and shit. Oh, wow. And this is like, yeah, like we're, we're just getting off this whole, uh, we made the Electro Slap album. Okay. During the making of that album, we were actually like just gonna transfer. We had all started making beats, cause like 
as it, like, that was unexpected. Yeah, as it get as as it time went on, we all just started doing every craft that each other did. Oh, dope! Like, yeah. Free bass hopped on a track. He'd be rapping, he'd be spinning, he'd be making beats. Pastrnaut be rapping, making beats, you know, uh, uh, and DJing and shit. You feel me? And Ruben Slick, of course, always just the Slick rapper. Was the the rapper. Beat maker. He made beats. Too. Yeah, he made beats before me. He got me into it, you know. Amazing. When we were younger and shit. So, yeah, and he's on the art too. He was always tagging. Dope. He was in the streets like tagging. Dope, dope. You feel me? So yeah, that's interesting because you guys as brothers. I mean, you obviously like you share a lot of the same interests, like in a very elementary way that brothers do. I have an older brother too, and like we have a. He's eight years ahead of me though. With one year, you, you're basically growing up together. Going, you're in the same grade and yeah, shit. We're, and we were like best friends and brothers. But you right. know, it was very big brother. He was big bro to me, you know, for a right. long time. So it's just like there was that. Even though we were this, like pretty much the same age, yeah. I felt the uh, you know I was able to stay you know like uh, young because he was my big brother and he would just like do all the older shit for me first and be like, all right, give me advice. Like, uh, an example is like, like, he was like, yo, like he had like some Coke or whatever. Like there was mad Coke at a time. And then everybody was doing Coke and I was like, shit, I'm about to do something, you know? Right. And he was like, you know what? You wouldn't like it. You feel me? And just like him saying that was yeah. like, oh, whatever. I don't that's need to do that. That's enough, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, cause I don't, I didn't think that I would like it. So, just the fact that he did it and told me, like, I don't think you'd like right. it. Made me not want to do it. You feel yeah. me? It's That's a like, good brother right there. That's someone really, truly looking out for you. Like, listen, man, I did it. I know you. Yeah, he told me not gonna wasn't like that cool. Right. And, like, he was like that with a lot of shit. With, like, girls, you know, like. Like, he was like, pussy's not that much of a big deal. Like, you don't have to freak out about it. So, because of that, I just focused on my music always. Like, I was right. never the kid, like, getting drunk, trying to make out with girls at the party. Right, right. I was like, I'm going to just rap about fucking all these bitches, and then they're going to think I fuck mad bitches and end up doing it, you know? But Ruben is known to be a wild dude, though. Yeah. Like, you guys are kind of different in a lot of ways, too, both musically with the way you guys, you know, both as vocalists, too, but, I mean, he has a reputation as a wild dude. Yeah, he's the guy that will get you, like, we're underage getting into all the clubs because of him, because he'd right. go... Uh, be like, hey, can I get a cigarette to the right motherfucker? Right. And charm the fuck out of them. And they'd be like, yo, you're a cool motherfucker. And that's how we met, like, pretty much everybody. That's how we met everybody in Miami. Like, I met Shuttle Life through my brother. I met, like, pretty much everybody through him, you know, except for the internet shit. Right. You feel me? But. Well, he's extremely charismatic. That's yeah, for with sure. the Miami shit, like, he plugged all that. Like, he was basically, like, our fucking promotion and management right. not management in the beginning because he didn't really do it for like the reasons of like rap swag but he'd just meet mad people and I'd be like yo can we get a show at this fucking club like now that we're in can we yeah. perform can we do you feel me well that's a great dynamic too that's how you get yeah, it done we're man ill team dog right shit. another one which I'm pretty sure is the two of you too is white white girl yeah right. white girl that was like probably the first track that I ever Spit a fucking verse on like oh yeah yeah that was like the first track that was the first Metro Zoo track no way really I didn't realize I'd that. say it was because before that only Slick had recorded solo songs and shit yeah and like that was like the first complete 
Metro Zoo song. It was eighties as fuck. I mean, I lo- I know I love that about yeah, it. Yeah, there aren't a lot of songs that that have that kind of vibe because it sounds like a sample, like a loop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and his lyrics too. There is a whole delivery. Which, if you think about it, now that you mentioned Andre Nicotina, it had like you know I I went to college in Northern California in Humboldt State, and uh, that was actually the first time I ever heard Nicotina. It was because Daiquiri Factory played nonstop. Uh, around there, you know that record, right? Yeah, yeah. I fuck with um my favorite Andre Nicotina record is War Cry. Nice. You just feel like you're in like Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. fucking epic. He's like, yeah, he, he's such a inventive cat too. I mean, yeah, Nicotina all day. Uh, Draydon. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, let's see what else is in. Uh, these are more like your solo joints too, but. Uh, fresh braids, I love that song. Yeah, so what's fresh braids. My mom did my hair, and uh, <laughs> Pastronaut was upstairs, just you know, making that beat as I was getting my hair done. And I get upstairs, I just start singing that as a joke. I got them fresh braids. <laughs> <laughs> so quite literally, that's yeah, what happened, right? that's how it happened. He was like, "Yo, you gotta lay that shit down." That's like really Pastronaut and me. Like we write, I write like pretty much my best shit. Because sometimes I won't record it because I'll be like, oh, that shit's funny. But he's just like, nah, hold up. That melody sounds good, you know. You should work that shit out. You know, like, Pastronaut was a producer at heart. You feel me? Uh Uh-huh. But it's just like, I guess he wanted to, um, like, just focus on, like, being, like, mogul boss in the beginning. You feel me? Because what he was doing mostly was, like, Going and making connects with like rich ass people and like just getting our music to dope ass people who could push it right. farther. You feel me? Right. But like at heart, he's a producer, bro, because he can make, he can just sit in a room and not even touch anything and make the track like make fucking complete sense. You wow. know, just by telling people a couple things. You feel me? So that, that track was really just me and him working together and like making a fucking hit. Cause that shit is a hit. If I just sang it a little better, and but I'm not gonna go backwards. You feel me? Yeah, I think. It's, like, I mean, for what it, the the way it is, how you did it, it's dope. It's kind of yeah, dude. Yeah, it's raw, but it. it so it, many people hit me up about that shit. Dude. Yeah, I got so them fun. fresh ba- braids. Shout out Lofty Three Hundred Five. Like that's right. gonna be like the braids anthem. Yeah, and it's so funny. All it is, you like walked into a room, heard the beat, and then that was it. Yeah, know, man. Right? Another one that's kind of on that vibe too is Dinner Date. Uh, what record was that from? What album was that from? Dinner Date was on Hunted Clothes, I think. Do you remember this one? Yeah, I remember. And it was just me and uh, me and Slick were chilling. Freebase brought over some beats. This shit was like we were working on Mink Rug. It was gonna Mink go Rug. on Mink Rug. A lot of which is Metro Zoo. Yeah, a lot of Hunted Clothes was gonna go on Mink Rug. You know what I mean? But it just ended up that we had so much other shit. And the Mink Rug became like this epic ass. We were on a mission to troll the world with Mink Rug. So like a lot of shit didn't go on there. Uh-huh. Like it, more of our extreme shit. Like we went like extreme on Mink Rug. Like, well, Sell My Ho was on Mink Rug, right? Yeah, that's yeah. how we started it off. Like, that's such boom. a giant song, too. Yeah. I mean... And then we had P.D. Weedy's verse to make people be like, what? <laughs> oh, it was totally, th- it threw me for a little yeah. like crazy. You want to throw people off, yo. That was like the whole point. You accomplished that, for sure. Because it's hard as fuck. It's hard by you The know? Haunted Clothes is more like just, it was like a mixtape. It was like a compilation. But it, it was like, you know, I just listened to uh, 
that beautiful dark twisted fantasy shit. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna put like mad people on this tape that I just make it sound right to me. Right, know? right, right. So yeah, I love that line. Um, you bring the food, I'll bring the dinner plates. Yeah, which is dope too. It's just like there's something about that. I don't um, know what I was talking about. But it's like some pimping shit, low key. Like so, I was getting on. Oh some, yeah, definitely on some wordplay shit back then. Oh man. for sure. I mean, pimpster that definitely is has some amazing wordplay too. Yeah, um, that was from the same project as this one as as uh, Fresh Braids, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was on Cliff Dweller. It's like Cliff Dweller, right? Right. I wanted to make that a group, but. Posture not thinks that thinks that name is too emo. He thinks I'm just trying to jump up a cliff or some shit. <laughs> oh, really? I know <laughs> we're gonna make another name though. Yeah, yeah, we got hello shit in the works. So right, and, cool. You know, been working on the tape, but uh, that shit was trippy because you know it's just like my transformer swag. You know, because right. people just think because I'm like mad artsy and shit. They know like my whole. Visage and story, you call and it, and just sort of judge a book by itself, yeah. right? Even with the, even on the other side, like I, if I walk up the street, some like older people or some shit will move to the side, thinking I'm gonna fucking mug them or some wow. shit. Or like I thought this car was my Uber yesterday, and I walk up to it, and this lady gets so scared. I'm like, yo, sorry, I thought this was my Uber, you know? <laughs> oh wow! But it was just all here about, in New York. Like, yeah, it was. Right. It was in New Jersey, right? But it was like about uh how people's like image or what they look like to you doesn't fucking matter because right. the person inside could be on some whole other shit you feel me yeah absolutely and the fact that like you're doing that you were still just as prolific with the with the painting and stuff as you were with like making music now people can kind of put you in a box with the music if it sounds like a certain genre especially if it's like on the real hip hop tip then they can kind of there's all types of connotations that come with hip hop, but when you're doing this sort of like avant-garde, impressionist kind of yeah, uh, art concept art, yeah. But these guys, Primary Flight, they're in Miami. They're just like these artsy guys. They sat me down, me and Freebase, and they were like, "What you guys are doing? The Metro Zoo thing? It's a concept art. Like shit is concept. You guys don't understand, but you're getting hella conceptual. That's why we fuck with it." Right. I didn't know what the fuck concept art was back then. So you weren't really conscious of it in the moment, right? No, nah, I wasn't. Right. I was kind of just like, yo, if we do this, we're going to make people feel like this. Boom. You know, to me, concept art was always like, oh, walk into a room with blank walls and be like, it's my art piece. I'm like, right. bullshit, cheaters. You know? <laughs> nah, right. But now I understand what it was and what it is. It still is concept art to this day. You know, people are still asking each other and asking me what the fuck Metro Zoo was, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to even do this interview because there is something kind of mystifying about it because if you listen to the the music and the art are so, they're so different, you know, the accompaniment of the kind of artwork that you yeah, guys would use. Yeah, absolutely. Because some of the, you know, some of the songs, they're like, they're crazy, like, pimp shit, you know. And then the artwork is hella, like, you know, pop art. <laughs> yeah. Could go on, like, you know, your little bro could rock this shit, you know, on a little lunchbox. Oh, for <laughs> some sure. Some shit, you know. But, but you guys did, um, you, you did, you did paint stuff. I mean, you did art and performance at uh, Basel, right? A few times, right? Yeah, I've done, uh, I painted a Lambo 2013. Yeah, so what's the story with that? You painted a Lamborghini. Yeah, you know, basically this girl, Gianni... A million dollar car and shit. Yeah. Gianni came up to me. She was like, yo, well, Petey Weedy, 
He brought nice. this girl to my crib, Gianni. We smoked a blunt. And she was like, yo, your art's dope as fuck. You're going to paint a fucking Lamborghini. I was like, hell yeah. So I took that to like, uh, to primary flight. And they basically represented me as an artist for that shit. And they got me paid and supplies. And we pulled up. We did no. that shit. But the event got shut down because oh, our guests were too, uh, quote unquote, ratchet, you know? Mm. Did that you like, finish? No, they pulled off as like Super Chief got it all on on video and shit. It's like this company out in, in Brooklyn that does like they have a gallery out here. They came down and filmed it all for us. Wow. Yeah, so it's called Lambo God Art Basil Metro Zoo. You look that up on Google. Did you touch that? Did you get any paint on it? On the Lambo? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh okay. We we put all the mark. We put we marked it up. Okay, good. There good. was like obscenities and shit on it. There was people snorting shit off of it, so they wanted to get that shit the fuck out of there like the company right. was hella mad like the people who owned it i'm not gonna say their names gotcha yeah you know it's cool i got paid the day before i did it so very nice but it's like what happened was i was there was painting everything was cool you know but then vice pulled me to the side to do a fucking interview i go inside to do the interview after five minutes i come back out all hell is broken loose and they like Damn. shut the shit down they drove right. away as i was like drawing on it oh my god yeah it was crazy Damn. How have you seen it um, change since you were like uh, since you went the first time? Obviously, it, it uh, Basil itself has evolved a lot. First too. time I went was like 2008. Okay, and I just went as like a I wasn't too deep into music or art where I felt like I should introduce myself as an artist or anything. Right, right. I was just out there, but it was kind of cool because I was just was not in a place where people expect me to be. I was in these galleries and shit. Right, you know all the old people would look at us like, "What are you doing here? Hey, what do you guys do?" You know, because we dress crazy. Because my mom would like make us all these hoodies from Star Wars and Batman and Robin and shit. Like she sewed us like oh, custom hoodies okay. and shit. So all the clothes we used to rock back then, that was like my mom like just swagging us out. And then we oh, because that's because later, I mean, you obviously would you would paint on apparel. You do the backpacks. Yeah, my mom influenced me with that shit. Oh, cool. She showed me that you could just get the pattern. Right. Sit down, spend the time, and you got clothes. You can make clothes. You know. Right, right. And if you make clothes, you make money. You know. What did your folks do? Like, what were they doing when you were growing up? Um, they're lawyers. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, it's the immigration law. You know that type of stuff. It's yeah, I mean, helping it, people get in, helping mad Haitians get in. I would say in Miami. I mean, that's obviously a huge yeah. deal. It's a big business. Um, yeah, it did really well. But you know, shit happens. You know, they got into some type of legal troubles or whatever because some lady in the office like they eventually got found like innocent of all the things but you know it was a lesson and everything happens for a reason because after they weren't practicing anymore they're spending a lot of time a lot more time at home and that conversation about my future and my career and all the music and stuff it would have never happened if they were uh if they had the law office straight up because they were just so busy and they're getting more and more busy as we got older, mm. you know, and like we were losing like the, like we actually became a real true, we got the next, to the next level as a family after all the money was gone. Interesting. Well, it brought you yeah. back together again. Yeah. Like we had to be around each other. Right. We had to get to know each other. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if they're work, if they're like workaholics, they're never home, then like it's a hard task to, you know, to really develop like a relationship with. Yeah. Between those years of being like, 
like when you're 10 or something, you get to spend mad time with your parents. But, sure. You know, when you get 12, 13, they're like, yo, I got to work, so I'll yeah. be home around 9, whatever, you know. Right. You can take care of yourself you now. It was never bad or anything, right. but it's just like in terms of like get it, being able to say, all right, I know this person. Now my parents could be like, all right, I know him. Like, you know, there's right. mad parents that don't know their kids and all the all the uh, arguments and stuff come from just like you just don't know the person because you talk sure. to them intently but for the last time four years ago was like your deep conversation you know right, right. so you got to have that 16 17 18 because they're a whole different person from when they're a kid you know oh yeah and that's like one of the most impressionable times of your life too when you're like really starting to be able to make real decisions for yourself too, yeah they you know? saved me dog they gave me confidence you know because if i didn't have confidence to do the music that I, I really got it from my parents in the beginning because any, anybody could tell you, yeah, you guys could do this, you know? I'm just like, right. bro, my mom, my dad told me I could fucking get famous and rich and travel the world, do whatever the hell I wanted right. off my talent, then I believed it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that kind of encouragement can only really come from that, that kind of place. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's more than any dude in the industry or yeah. anything like that. You know, that, you know, fuck the industry when it comes to family of course you Hell know yeah. like yeah that trumps it every single time um so i mean yeah even going back to metro zoo 2 now that it's you know 2017 the group is like in does it would you say does it exist anymore like as a group or is it more it now really does yeah in the trippiest way it really fucking does all of us we still chill we still i still see slick and shit but we don't chill that heavy anymore just because like we're getting older and right. stuff, and it's like the same thing that I said. If you haven't like talked to somebody in years, and like we spent time apart, and right. what happened was we both grew in different ways during that time that we spent. And this goes for Freebase and, and Postronaut too. Right, right. Like we all grown, so when we come back together, we're gonna have to put together a different equation for it to, yeah, to make sense sure. because we're different people you know well yeah i mean when did you i mean how old are you when you started i mean you're like yeah we're like 17 15 yeah i was 15 uh they were 16 17 you know yeah i mean yeah and each guy has definitely had some you know life-changing stuff happens life-changing shit really like the whenever somebody's not that present on the music or whatever it's because of a real reason, you know? It's like, oh, for because, sure. like, you know, either Slick got uh, Slick got locked up or whatever, or when Pashtunat, he was dealing with some family shit during a time, Freebase too. So really, that's what's really been happening, you know? Yeah, um, real life stuff. Yeah, yeah, just growing up, yeah, living life, having responsibilities, you know? But I think it's in stasis, you know? We're not, nobody's on bad terms with each other. We all love right. each other. We all see each other, call each other, and are there for each other. And, you know, that's whether somebody's going a solo route, I'm completely behind them. You feel me? Oh, for sure. I'm not, like, stressing for the Metro Zoo shit to, like, be what it was, you know? Right. I, I, right. I more want it to just be what it's going to be. You feel me? Yeah, I mean, and you guys were in a certain place where you put yourself, where you've always, you know, dictated the direction of this group which has always kind of had its own kind of nebulous concept where it's not like you were uh you know uh, being contained by a record label or being dictated to you know oh you can't put out 20 albums this year you know like we got to focus on this one and uh, so you've always 
seemingly as a group and you yourself too as like uh, the main like as a primary producer of it have you know retained so much control of it the whole time anyway you know yeah like, like that's the main thing is that we're yeah. not we don't feel pressed by the fans or anyone right to just top up and tap dance for you right quick right you know we're, we're gonna do it when it's right for us and like the main thing I wanted to maintain is my relationship with my brothers, you feel me? Yes. With my brother Slick and with my, you know, my brother's posture not in free base. Like, I'd rather preserve that relationship than give the fans another album that they're not going to really, they haven't paid for none of the other albums. Right. <laughs> I mean, they do now on iTunes. iTunes, you know, Metro Zoo, Room Slick, Love 305, look that up. Buy all our stuff. Yeah, I mean, because year, for years you gave them countless yeah. albums for free. So it's know? like, bro, if we need time to, like, figure out life, just meanwhile, support everything that we're putting out solo. And, you know, we have stuff together that's coming out. Like, I have songs with Slick. I have a song with Slick and Curry. I have a couple songs Dope. with both of them on it. And we have a whole Metro Zoo album that's going to drop. You know, but these things need to drop when they're going to drop just like you said about like we used to drop shit 20 albums at a time right 20 albums back to back but that's like the old that's the old us the new us is gonna do shit a little bit more epic like we might pick it up to that 20 albums in a year but we're gonna build it back up to that yeah i mean and you already that was just a chapter one chapter in the story of the group too where i mean it's dope to drop all that shit but people gotta know you feel me people gotta know how dope we are Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, and you've left them with a lot of stuff to discover, too, you know? I mean, there's... I mean, I have a lot of it, but, I mean, there's... You're never going to be able to get it all because of the wealth, the material, too, that exists. My laptop at home, just my... I think my battery just conked out or something. I need to go get a thousand songs off there. Right, And it just never stops. Right. But I think the way that I did it in the past was a little... It was uh, it was dope for the time it was. I think yeah. it was the younger me, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I was just about speed, you know. But I want to use the speed, but in a different way. Like I want to drop like as many videos as I drop mix, like Absolutely. as I drop mixtapes or something right. like that. Because I feel like that would have given more of a impact, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, with what? So what's this? The new record because that that has um. Come and Go was a great... Uh, I love that song. Yeah, Yeah, that was just like... I just felt like putting that out there. Oh, gotcha. You know? But it wasn't really like focused on as much as like Cloudy Palace. You know, Cloudy Palace is like my... It's like my baby. Like, cool. Nurtured that shit and put a lot of my heart and soul into it. Neighborhood Lofty is more of a mixtape. It's like more like me going back to the old me kind of just like going crazy you know yeah because each joint is Polarized. kind of a different yeah taking you to a different place every time right every time the next song starts i'm taking you to another yeah because you got like the drum and bass joint and you have like this kind of raga joint and then come and go is like this total other sort of throwback yeah i'm talking style. like that that tape is really i can talk to like the the women mm-hmm. in my life and the people in miami and around you know it's like a psa right. to everybody Right. So they just cop that shit, put that shit in their whip, and then everybody knows there's new Lofty out. Right. My focus is to make uh, Cloudy Palace is like a three-part EP series, and then it's going to be an album. That's like my main project I'm I'm focusing on. 
in between that, I'm going to drop, like, mixtapes and stuff. But I think um, I am going to end up with a really deep catalog. I'm going to put out more shit than bef- than I did before. Like, okay. My old shit, like, that's less than half of my shit in my, of my life. You feel <laughs> okay. me? Yeah. Like, I'm going to put out way more shit. But once I, like, build up enough funds off these projects to just have, like, five people who master my music so I can put out five tapes right. that all sound amazing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because it takes manpower. Like, the track will go through, like, five different hands get molded and turn into a masterpiece you know it's like my uh, part of my growth is just becoming more of a team type of person back in the metro zoo days it was just like up to me like oh you can drop it you think it's ready you know right i mean you would make the final decision right? yeah so yeah. i got used to that and when I'm on when I'm on the road and stuff, just you don't get time to focus on what you're dropping, you know. So some of the things might come out like not full potential, right, straight right. up. It's, they're not the full potential. Even my songs that people really love, right? It's not the full potential that it could have been if I was like sitting, you know. And still, I can go back and redo those songs because only how many people heard it? Maybe. 20,000 people at most, maybe. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, there's yeah, like you put them out a very particular way, too. <laughs> you feel me? So it's just right. like, right now, I'm, I'm not really like, my old fans are dope. Like, my fans that have been rocking with me are dope as fuck. And they got to continue to just be that, be there and just be ready to, like, receive some awesome shit. Because, right. you know, along with all the new fans, because I'm thinking about that, too. Like, now I'm thinking about now that I see the impact that it's had on a, a bunch of people, right? I'm thinking about what I'm saying, you know, because I do have like, I do have a sister who's right. pretty much like my age, you know. Now we're growing up the same. We're we're like in the same scene and shit. And she goes around and she says, "Yo, my brothers are Metro Zoo," <laughs> right. and you know, she's half proud of it. You know, she's proud of us, but she's also like, "Damn," you know. You guys are crazy as hell. People know you guys are know you guys as yeah, crazy. wild dudes. So, um, yeah. Speaking of which, too, like, uh, how is Ruben now? Is he cool? Yeah, he's chilling, yeah. man. He's trying to do better. You know, what was the? Because I saw he has a new song or he had a video, which I love that song too. Yeah. Uh, what is that called? Do you remember? Top of your head. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, these streets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of a total departure from like some of his more crazed like real uh older material this is like a lot more grounded and he's kind of and he's you know got the got the hook to the the road he's on it's not an easy road right right you know that's why it's like he hasn't put out like he used to put out a lot of stuff like me like yeah for sure constant flow but what we're working on is uh you know put our health first you feel me course and our like our well-being first and everything and just focus on what we're saying because we are leaders and we're actually do affect the world around us like yeah, absolutely that's like we can't be full of ourselves and act like oh i could do whatever i want man just you know but there's kids who said like in a positive way there's kids who said like certain songs that i made make them not commit suicide you know inspired them to get off drugs like my homie that I sell uh, paintings to Nico in uh, Fort Lauderdale and shit he told me like he used to be on heroin and shit mm. 
but he started like listening to like my music about being positive shit and he like just stopped chilling with those types of people and pretty much he said like I, I became his best friend wow he started listening to all my shit like all the time oh. you know what I mean and it helped get him through and that shit is dope so I want to like put emphasis on that cause there's enough people fucking people up uh, there's enough oh, people like yeah. confusing people and shit and it was cool for a while cause I was a kid just like but now that I know the results I know what I want to see off my shit and I know it like I can still make money and make, like, powerful shit. I don't have to look cool in front of people who, like, don't give a fuck about me. You know what I mean? Oh, no question. Yeah. I mean, in one, you're an incredible producer, too. I mean, even your instrumental stuff alone is uh, stands in its own in its own right, you know? Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. Nah, I think you're on a, you're on a great path. Yeah, I mean, dude, I want to go super positive, like, with my shit. And, like, I let the young niggas say all that crazy shit. It'll come out sometimes. I'll overflow, you know? I'm I'm not gonna oh, say yeah, you're I'm only a, human too. I'm yeah, I'm a human. Like I'm a balanced person, but my whole uh, my vibe is gonna be a little bit more. I'm a soul man nowadays, man. I'm older. Right. I'm 25 now. You know, growing up, two days I was a teenager. You know, yeah, that's what you know. You wild out a little bit when you're a teenager too. So yeah, dude. Um, so what else? Uh, what else do you have coming up for the for you know just so um we can kind of formally plug something too besides that we have a show coming up here in new york yep. on saturday um the ball pants show <laughs> yes James yes show. which really come to think of it when was the last time you were even in new york it's been a while right uh three years or so we had that Zoo, uh zootopia art show that's right yeah it was sick man it's awesome yeah that was like a pop-up in manhattan that you did like an art show right yeah, yeah. shout cool. to blake shout to posh god shout nice. to hawk Last time you did a show, though, actual performance was, had been probably even further. That was like five years or something. Yeah. But, you know, that was not even considered a show to me. Like, I was still figuring out this how This is a Knitting Factory one, right? Yeah, bro. I was a teenager, dog. My voice was breaking off. <laughs> we were trying to figure out the dynamics dynamics of a show, and it was just crazy, man. Was no, crazy. I know, because we did it. We, we booked it, canceled it, and yeah. then held on to it for... It might have even been here. a whole year yeah, later. It was, whole year. it was crazy. I even getting up here was crazy. Bro. Right. Figuring out where we're going to stay every night. It yeah, was a crazy man. time, bro. I well, feel like I'm more rooted now, and yeah. I can, like, can rock a show way better, you know? Yeah, for sure. Just when you're juggling so much shit, and shit's moving so fast... It's like you need people you need a team around you to like kind of you feel me that's like my focus now i have my team that like help that focuses on like moving forward yeah even though i love chaos and speed and just hella creative shit sure you yeah. always got to just keep being pushed forward so like i'm just trying to go forward with my shit it's still the same lofty you know but it's just evolved as fuck, man. Well, even Come and Go, that song, is it's a good example of that because you are touching on certain concepts from, from back in the day as far as, yeah. you know, certain stuff. I mean, I'll let people listen to and be their own judge of it, but, I mean, there is kind of a new bent to it as well. Come as and Go is me right now. Right. It's me today. Like, <laughs> you feel me? Like, yeah, I love that as, song. like, as much me as I can get, Right. you know, at this point. But so beyond those, beyond that, which is out now, what uh, what else do you see for like coming for the rest of the year? As far as stuff that people, I want people to be able to seek out your shit and be able to purchase it too. Now that you're selling stuff, yeah, we're and not start just giving it all away. Vinyls and cassettes, 
you know, we're gonna right. drop some of the Metro Zoo projects on vinyls and cassettes. Um, we're gonna do a lot more merch. You know, you can still get merch at officialposhgang.com and poshplasma.com. Right you doing now. the? Um, you were doing some skateboards and backpacks too. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get back on the skateboard rhythm very soon. Those sold well. Yeah, like everything sells really good because we have a. We have loyal fans all oh, over the sure. world, and I'd be shipping to, it sucks, because the shipping costs mad money, but I'd be shipping to, like, right. London, Paris, Australia, you know, Japan, a lot of places, you know? Right. Because, like, I don't know, I just want to make more epic shit, though. Like, I want to make an epic video. I want to focus more energy into each thing one by one, because I feel like life is about balance. In the first half of my life, not half of my life, I think I'm gonna be living past fifty, but yeah, pretty much the first uh, stage of my career was about that speed and putting out a large body of work that people can go and discover and find and shit. But this phase is about bringing all the people to come find that, you know. So yeah, I want to focus on like videos. So I'm, this year I'm gonna be dropping really epic videos and dropping the Cloudy Palace Part Two and Three. You know, hopefully we get to the album, but you know, I'm really focusing on completing that trilogy. For yeah. sure. And listen, I mean, at 25, man, you got like you're good. You got like uh, the whole playing field is right in front of you, man. Like I'm you not just good, you just caught the ball. Like you can still got the whole field. It's like you know when you just left the buffet. Like I love my life, uh-huh. and you know, God forbid. But if I didn't wake up tomorrow, I'd be a happy guy, and I'd be I'd feel loved. And you know, I'm glad to be where I've been, but it ain't shit. Like, <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> you feel me? I want, I want more, more. Well, man, I have a feeling you're gonna get it, man. I appreciate your time too. Hell Good yeah, looking man. out for coming out and for doing the show, man. Hell Thank yeah, you so man. much, man. Peace out, dog. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. I want to thank my guest, Lofty Three Hundred Five, and uh, all of y'all for tuning in. That was an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that we were able to do it. And I was able to reconnect with him after so many years, too. Um, I want to say, too, for those of you that might not recognize the song at the very beginning of the show, that was Dippin' from Metro Zoo. And if you need a template uh, of albums from Metro Zoo as a group to go off of, there's uh, the ones I would recommend is Buddha Therapy, uh, CSPG, Mink Rug, Zoology, and that's like maybe half of them. Find those. They're all from basically from 2011, 2012. Find those records and listen to them. They're fantastic. Uh, great production from Lofty 305 as well as Mr. B and the crew. And um, yeah, enjoy it. Hopefully, I put you guys onto it. Uh, if you're a fan of the group and of Lofty, then I know that this was a treat. Uh, I appreciate his time. If you did like it, feel free to, to share it. Like I said earlier, put it out there. Let people know, if, if, especially if, if uh, you think um, some heads would appreciate it. Uh, uh, retweet me on Twitter, at HouselessPod. You can follow uh, Lofty305 on Twitter, at Lofty305. And definitely seek out all his new material on his Bandcamp. It's out there. You can find it. You know what I'm saying? This episode was edited and engineered by my man, CJ Stewart, out in Northern California. 
thank you as always uh thanks to everyone that listened uh you can find it yes itunes stitcher and soundcloud I keep plugging it but hey that's what i gotta do that's part of part of the job i gotta do some kind of promotion you know what i'm saying just to get the word out just a little bit what else what else i'm hoping that we get this out in time to plug the show that we're doing at sunnyvale in brooklyn new york new york city this saturday the 8th and uh, with james pants lofty 305 and myself djing as dj thanksgiving brown yes that that is if you don't know by now hopefully you do and uh, what else i'm gonna end the show with some music from my man lofty 305 this is come and go we may mention the song in the conversation this is a uh, pretty much brand new and i think kind of shows the old with the new if you pay attention to the lyrics and stuff classic metro zoo lofty 305 thank you guys so much for listening and i will catch you guys on the next episode this has been episode 29 of the house list podcast all right y'all enjoy peace y'all in the hours would you take a big swing what's the problem what's the problem would you lie would you cheat would i shop would i shop would you kill yes <laughs> I'm
From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.